Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, hey, my friends. How are you doing on this fine September day? I cannot tell you how happy my heart is to be in Wisconsin for the color change this year. The air is so crisp and the nights are cold, which I love, and the colors on the trees are slowly changing. It is sheer perfection to be out of Texas right now, where it is literally still almost 100 degrees <laughs> My sister went back like maybe a month ago now, and sometimes when I'm feeling extra spicy, I'll send her a screenshot of the temperature <laughs> just to start a fight. But anyway, I um I once read this quote about fall that I will never forget because it's so on point. It says this. It says, autumn paints in colors that summer has never seen. And I just, I just need to know, does that pierce anybody else's soul? Like, I love it. Fall is my season, and it gives me all the feels. And in other news, Lorelai is doing great in third grade with her online school. She is quietly sitting in the room while we record. We will see if that's ever going to happen again, depending on her behavior. And I'm happier than ever that we made the jump to online school. It's been it's been such a good fit for our family and being able to travel and move around and do fun stuff and stay here up north. And then for everyone who followed the story of her golden retriever puppy, Olive, who almost died multiple times the first few months that we had her. She is doing great. <laughs> she is huge and happy and the sweetest thing. We're so, we love her so much. And I'm going to, I need to start sharing more pictures of her on my Instagram stories because she's so much fun. But the hard part is getting her to stand still long enough for a cute picture. It's always blurry. It's if anyone has, like, send help. If anyone has suggestions on how to take pictures of dogs, the kids I seem to be able to get, the dogs, not so much. And little Hunter just turned 11 months old, which, hurts my brain, frankly. Uh, no one told me it's this much faster with the second one. I never felt like with Lorelai, I felt like the time felt nor felt good. It didn't, I was there for everything. I didn't miss anything. We were together. It felt good, but this has been flying and we have a one year birthday party to plan. And just, I don't even know what to do with it, but I am much less freaked out about being a boy mom. So we're going to celebrate that win. And otherwise, I've just been like burning the 2 a.m. oil, getting the new course done and launched. And the doors closed for that, the early bird enrollment, just last, last Friday. And I'm now putting like finishing touches on the website maintenance, uploading, you know, so many hours of coursework. It just takes a while to upload it all um, so that several hundred of you wonderful people can get in there and start learning and blowing up your Etsy shop just in time for the holidays. I'm so excited. Like, and the student Facebook group is already hopping. So Love that if you're in there. Um, and that is a new feature for those of you who like had, you know, hadn't heard about that before. I am going to start a, like a, just a podcast group, Facebook group where I'm not going to be able to be as attentive in there, but we'll have other leaders helping to mo monitor that. And that'll be in the next month or two, but I've got to like get some things off my plate first, but I haven't forgotten about you and all of your wonderful DMs. Um, but this will be like specifically for course support. 
And it's been so much fun already. So my intention, which I'm already I'm already starting to wonder about, was um, for this episode to keep it keep it shorter than usual, but still jam packed with actionable valuable value for you. And um, you know, we'll see if I follow through on the shorter part of that commitment. Uh, y'all know how I can be, but I don't have as many pages of content, so that's promising. Um, but before we jump into the meat of it, I want to put feelers out there to you guys because I am looking for Etsy story guests like success story guests. I want more of your stories. So from now on, I'm just going to keep a link to apply to be a guest in the show notes of every episode, but, um, and also on the podcast page of my website. So it is definitely down below in the show notes in like the things I mentioned area. You do not need to be a full-time or six-figure Etsy seller to be a great candidate. So like you guys went gaga for the camping niche episode with Jen Atkins last week. I couldn't believe it. I got more notes about that single episode than I have on almost any other, like definitely in a year. And Jen is just a few hundred sales in, like she's a couple of steps ahead of many of you. And that's often the best kind of person to learn from. I'm loving those stories. So what's the criteria to apply? You need to have a unique Etsy story, which such as like the way you stumbled upon your product or you've had success sending your own traffic to your store, or you had really fast sales, like you were like shocked at how quick it took off, or you had really slow sales for a long time and then a breakthrough happened and things changed. Like that's a great story to share. Like anything that makes your experience a little bit different or interesting, um, relevant to the audience. And you need to have at least 100 sales in the past 12 months. Uh, Another thing is, you know, you need to have some wisdom to pass on to other Etsy sellers. Like I want to bring folks on who, yes, have a heart to share their story. And it's like a a little bit of a bucket list thing to be a podcast guest, but also they've like really thought through, gosh, what could I pass on to the next group of people who are trying to figure this out? Um, That's like the, I really like that part of it too. And ideally, you know, if you can be in it, you need to be in a niche or have a product that we haven't talked about in at least six months. So if it's too soon, I might just schedule you for a few months out. It wouldn't be as immediate, which I usually am working a month or two out anyway, you guys. So just be aware, like we might record in the next 30, 60 days, but it might not be airing for three, you know, three months or so out. I try to be ahead, not as much lately, but that's usually my, my goal. If you'd like to apply, there is a link in the show notes awaiting for you. And I will let you know within 60 days of your submission, um, you know, whether or not we'll do it. And I promise to be very gentle if it's a not yet, and just give you some suggestions on how we can get you there to be a perfect candidate. And then also if there, if maybe it's not you, like you, that's just not your jam anyway, um, or like, you know, you know, you're not there yet, but if there's someone else's shop that you or story that you just love, like they have the most unique products, they have a story that just tickles you or, you know, they promote their shop in a really unique way. Like I love people who've blown up on TikTok because it is such an opportunity that I want to stress to you guys. So please feel free to DM me their shop as a suggestion and I will reach out to them. So with that little bit of housekeeping on the way, out of the way, let's chat about today's main topic, shall we? The seven reasons Etsy shops don't make sales. So diving right into the thick of it, reason number one is that the niche could be too saturated. When you hear someone refer to a niche or Etsy or a market as being saturated, what they mean is that there is so much competition that it's hard to come in as a new player and get a piece of that market. A simpler way of putting it is if a niche is too saturated, there's already too much competition for the current customer demand. But here's the thing, though. Just because a niche has a lot of competition in it 
doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing at all or that you can't ever get in there. It just means that you need to be more strategic and find a micro niche within it to, to get in, to kind of get in the door. And a micro niche is a smaller niche within a niche. So for example, the mom niche on Etsy is super saturated. Things like shirt for mom, gift for mom, anything just generally for mom can be really hard to get in front of shoppers because there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of competing listings. It's literally bonkers. But the 4-H mom micro niche isn't so bad. Neither is the bowling mom micro niche. Do they have as many searches each month as mom? No, not remotely, not remotely close, but they also don't have the intense competition either. So in any space that is super crowded with competition, hunt for the less saturated micro niches. And the great news is if you end up with a bestseller in a micro niche, Etsy is going to start pushing your listing higher um, onto the larger related niches too, because they know your, since your customers love it, the other people are going to also. The number one most common issue when I'm coaching an Etsy seller is that they're trying to compete with keywords that are way too broad. They're trying to get into one of these macro big niches. So take a look at your keywords in your titles and your tags and check how broad they are. Um, Sales Samurai is my favorite third-party tool for finding micro niches. It makes it so much easier. It's been, it's literally such a godsend. So I have a little tutorial on YouTube for them that I will link in the show notes and a 20% off coupon for the entire lifetime of your membership with them. So they're worth a peek for sure. Uh, for what they can help you find really easily. And at the very least, like do their free trial, right? I mean, that's see if it can be a game changer for you or not. Hey, my friend, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing on your Etsy journey. Do you have all the support you need? I'm so honored that you're here listening to the podcast, and I want to make sure that you also know that I have a bunch more resources that can help you with your specific questions over in the resources section of my website. Whether your focus is print on demand, digital products, handmade items, and even more, there are tools and freebies and courses specific to your product type that are made by experts that I have already vetted for you. I don't know about you, but when I started my Etsy shop back in 2016, I was a busy mama and I didn't have oodles of time that was spare that I could just spend spinning my wheels trying to figure out Etsy completely on my own. I needed someone who knew what they were doing to teach me as efficiently and effectively as possible. And as soon as I was able to leverage the knowledge of an expert, I'm telling you my personal results on Etsy went through the roof. Sales went literally from crickets to cha-chings within a week of implementing all of those things that I learned. So if you're looking for that kind of help, you want to get to the bottom of it, you want to get moving and grooving, where somebody who knows how your niche works on Etsy can show you the steps to start getting sales, come on over and visit my resources page at howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash resources. And I'd love to connect you with the perfect expert for your business. I know their expertise will make all the difference in the world for you. So once again, that's howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash resources, where you can find answers to your specific questions. I'll see you there. The second reason that Etsy shops don't make sales is that there is no demand for your product. Sometimes there isn't necessarily something like technically wrong with your listings or your shop. Your product just isn't in demand on Etsy. No one's searching for it. Nobody cares right now. And when this happens, it's usually because your product is just, it's not what people want for several different reasons. 
It could be that it's just not something that ever sells on Etsy. Now, if you know that it sells somewhere else, you can try driving your own traffic to your Etsy shop from Pinterest or TikTok. Like go to one of the places where people are talking about that and looking to buy that and use it to to point traffic to your Etsy shop. Another reason can be like seasonal. Sometimes, you know, people aren't really buying mittens so much in in July, you know. Um, Another reason is your design isn't good enough to compete with the bigger players, like the people who are already getting sales within that space. Another one, which is more common than you'd think, is that it's too eclectic. So, I mean, sometimes random stuff does sell on Etsy. It it cracks me up. You've got to hit hit a sweet spot. But usually too eclectic, it's like I see this when a seller only makes things that they would really like rather than studying de- like demand and spaces of demand on Etsy. And to add on to that, there will be no demand when a seller is not focused on out- understanding and serving their particular customer. So if there's no one else selling anything like it and there's no one searching for it, you're a little too out there for the platform. And again, unless you can push your own traffic to your listing, no one's going to find it, let alone buy it. Really, the sweet spot is to study what is what is in demand, what people are already buying, what they're already searching for, and then find ways to let that inspire you and your products. As you can probably tell from this list, some of these reasons are really concrete and others are very obscure. Sometimes it's hard to recognize or admit, in my, in my case for sure, that your product isn't something that anyone wants to buy. Like I know I totally went through that first few months of my, um, of my shop with my signs, like literally nobody wanted them in the beginning. But if you spend time regularly building your brain cash, which means that you study the best sellers in your niche like crazy, the shops that are making the most sales, the first couple pages of search results, you'll begin to train your brain to recognize demand and then you'll start creating for it as well. Another more immediate thing you can do is you can find out how many times a keyword phrase is searched for monthly by using a tool, again, like Sales Samurai or Everbee. And I use them in tandem for all of my third-party SEO research. And I'll make sure to link Everbee too in case um, you'd like to try them. You haven't taken a peek yet. The great thing about Everbee is with my link, you can get a free account. And I mean, it's not going to get you a ton of research every month, but it's going to get you started. And I love that they have that option. So I have a quick little YouTube tutorial for them as well. And you'll find those links in the show notes. If you at least know whether or not something is being searched for, you can start to get your arms around demand for your niche or micro niche. And that really can help. Number three is your SEO is not accurate or strong enough. So if you're not getting views or sales, like if you go look at your Etsy stats and you're not getting a lot of views... That means that customers aren't even finding you. And if they're not finding you, either your keywords or SEO is wrong or off, or the niche is so saturated that you're showing up really, really far down back in the search results, and they're just never even getting that far to find you. SEO, for for some newer folks around here, it's an acronym that stands for Search Engine Optimization. Etsy is a search engine, just like Google or Pinterest. It's a search engine marketplace, which means that people on the site generally find what they're looking for by typing words into the search bar, just like Google. So the words that a shopper types into the search bar when they're looking for your product needs to correlate to the words that you have in your titles and tags. And that's how Etsy will know to show your listings to that shopper. You can find best-selling SEO by studying listings that are already performing really well in your niche, like listings with the, you know, the bestseller badge or things that are showing up on the first page of search results for a particular phrase or, or term. 
Number four is that your thumbnail photo or mock-up, if you're in the print-on-demand or digital product space, isn't good enough or it needs adjusting in the frame. Like maybe it's just too, they can't really see what the picture is and it would work great if it was just shrunken down or moved to the side, adjusted a bit in the thumbnail. Um, I think our thumbnails are one of those things that we really can benefit from somebody else's feedback on. And I've just seen it so many times and like fallen victim to it myself where the seller is so close to the project that they see their images differently than a shopper does in the feed. I, I can't tell you how many times I've done this and it can help to um, kind of put it up there and then come back to it even a few hours or a few days later. And then I'll go, oh, that doesn't make sense to a shopper or that looks kind of wonky or wow, when I look at that against the competition, I can see why it doesn't quite add up. Their pictures are a lot cuter, like they're drawing them in for this reason. So your primary photo or your thumbnail, it has to be awesome. It just does. Like I wish I could give you an easy out, but it has to jump out in the search results. It's showing up there when someone searches, it's in a, a flurry, like pages of of competing search results. And for the shopper to notice yours, there it, something about it has to jump out. Then it has to communicate enough at first glance to look like a quality product or like what they're what they're trying to find. And then it has to have enough emotional connection to the shopper for them to say, ooh, I like that one. And then they'll start to consider the other factors in your listing to make that buying decision. So if you're getting lots of views, but not getting sales, I would get some feedback on your photos. I think it's a good place to start. You know, what do the best sellers in your niche use as their thumbnails? When you look at them side by side, can you tell what the shopper is preferring about the competitor's, you know, pictures? How can you tweak yours? Like, is there someone in your life you could ask, um, hey, take a look at these, like these photos, like how do they look to you? And maybe give that to them side by side and don't tell them which one is yours. Um, and if you, you know, if you're one of those people, and I so respect this, like you're choosing not to tell anybody about your journey so far, like maybe you're a candidate for a coaching session with me and I'll look at, the, at them with you and I will very gently, but very honestly tell you what I think um, and then make some suggestions on how you can improve. So I think that's a really good place to start. And I also think it's a good idea to test several thumbnails. Like when I'm trying to figure out what the market loves, I will copy my listing and create a duplicate. And then all I'll change is the first thumbnail picture. So I can like isolate one thing to figure out if I can get my sales up from there. And I will also add, if you are in the print on demand space and you haven't invested in mock-ups, it will make it very hard to make sales. Like the Printify mock-up pictures are not going to cut it. Like they, they do not create enough emotional connection and the um, like, unless you are in such an obscure niche that like, there's no, there are no others to choose from. The buyer is always going to pick the the mock-ups that were, that are like the higher quality. Moving on to number five, this is that your pricing, including shipping, isn't competitive in the marketplace. If you are not already a bestseller or you're independently famous, or you're pushing your own traffic to your shop, um, or maybe you're the only seller in your niche or making something in such demand that it's just going to fly off the shelves no matter what, you need to be priced in the median of the market. So if you're someone who can be easily discouraged, you might even consider pricing a bit lower than the, the median in the market for a while so you can start getting some sales. And then once you have sales and reviews, you can bump it up to the bit to the median of the market so you can turn a bit of a profit. But when you study the market's pricing, you have to make sure to consider the the shipping costs as well. There, so, you know, some shops are going to have um, 
free shipping and the cost to ship is built into the product. And some of them are charging shipping. There's just a real psychology by niche about how much people will spend on shipping. And it seems to, it really seems to vary. So you'll need to look at what's happening in your particular niche. Number six is that your turnaround time is too long. With the exception of high-end, super custom, handmade items like a wedding dress or a piece of furniture, today's shopper will not have much patience for a long turnaround time. I know it's sad, but you need to aim to ship within a few days. Or if you're making something custom from scratch, maybe maybe a week to get your product in the mail. Not to them, just in the mail. Waiting is such a huge deterrent from shoppers. Like it's just, it's just the tea, unfortunately. And especially if your competitors are doing it much faster, it's something to look into. Number seven is your listing doesn't answer a shopper's questions. They might be passing you up um, and you're not making sales for that reason. This is one of the least talked about reasons why some shops don't get sales. I like to talk about it for that reason, but it's also so easy to correct, right? Like this is a lot easier than like, let's go completely revamp our photo gallery and do a photo shoot. That's this, this is just like, let's look and see what FAQs aren't being answered. Most shoppers will not DM you if they have a question. They're just going to move on to the next competitor. It is a rare gift for someone to take the time to reach out to you directly, which is one of the reasons why I harp on excellent and friendly customer service. So your listing needs to answer all possible questions, both in the photo gallery and the listing description, because people kind of pick and choose which place they want to go for information you need in both places. So that if someone has a question, they can find their answer quickly and easily, assuming it's something that you can anticipate, like an FAQ. And I also recommend having like the FAQ section of your shop completed to help you bring in sales. That is really, really helpful to get there in the works. And okay, I think I broke a record because that is our seven reasons why Etsy shops don't make sales. And I want to know, how did I do? I feel like we're a lot shorter than normal. I'm not even sure yet. Oh yeah, I am under 20 minutes. I want a high five from someone. Um, I hope you found this helpful and it got you thinking about ways to optimize your listings or research your niche to evaluate how you can start competing better. But thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I am rooting for you this holiday season and so excited to hear your breakthroughs in the months ahead. Um, I would be super curious for you to DM me on Etsy or on Etsy on um, Instagram. I'll have a post or even in the post for this particular week's um, episode and let me know which one was your biggest aha. And until next week, please say a prayer for me or send me some good vibes. Whatever your, you know, faith alliance is, I, I welcome the, the um, I welcome the prayers. And uh, as I wrap up this course launch, because I am sleep deprived and so close, it's like, it's good though. You know, when you have the energy because you're so excited about something getting done that's big, but I need the support from you. So give it to me. And as always, until I talk to you again next week, go make something awesome. Thanks guys. I love y'all. And that's a wrap on this episode of how to sell your stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.